Thanks to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who accept your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or video chat. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. All right, everybody, let's get to the show. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Brian Tong here, your host, doing the most for everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. This recording is taking place from a MacBook Pro in Seattle, Washington. So it sounds if it sounds a little different, I know I, w- I did, wasn't able to bring my whole big mic set up with me, but I've been on the road for an entire week. I got a gig to be able to host Microsoft Ignite in Seattle, Washington. It is their conference for IT professionals. It was a great opportunity. So look, I put out some videos. We know that Google Pixel Watch, Pixel 7, and Pixel 7 Pro came out. And yes, you know, you support me. I reciprocate that by bringing you the podcast. So, you know, apologies if it sounds a little different than normal, but this is really a good example of how good the MacBook Pro can be used as a microphone. And I know for me, being super picky, there is a little bit of background audio, but hopefully it won't be that bad. All right, let's start off with some orders of business. First of all, you want to be a part of this show. I've been asking you all, hey, keep on calling in. I'm on the road, so I'm not going to do the calls yet, but all you got to do is record a voice memo, applebitsshow at gmail.com. That is applebits with a Z. What do you want to talk about? What products do you want to talk about? Your name, where you're from, complaints, concerns, constructive criticism i'll take it all applebitsshow at gmail.com to be a part of this show record that voice memo also this show is brought to you by you patreon.com slash brian tong is how you support all of my content it covers all the videos i do but really more importantly what it's really locked in and focused on is the podcast you get early access to my content that includes videos and the podcast you get a completely free ad version ad free version of the show that means you don't hear any of this and then also you get bonus rewards at different levels we do a monthly live chat live video chat um we have some closure rings co- uh, contests all those things are all kind of part of everything we do so patreon.com slash brian tong starts at two dollars five dollars is a cup of coffee the 10 the 25 or the 100 platinum apple level that is how you support and that is why i've continued to be able to do this so thank you thank you all. Okay, let's get to the orders business. And I told you that I was at Microsoft's Ignite conference. And I think that this is really appropriate because a lot of news just came out regarding specifically Microsoft and Apple. And during this week, they announced that a dedicated Apple Music and Apple TV apps are going to be available on Windows devices next year. They also announced that iCloud Photos integration coming to the Photos app on Windows 11 devices later this year. Now, if we rewind a little back in time, there was a moment in time where, remember, the iPod was only on Apple, only compatible with Macs, and everyone was saying, hey, it's restricting it from being able to really expand and blow up, and all the talk was about, will Apple ever make an iPod that is Windows compatible, which would also mean that an iTunes version that would be Windows, would also have to be made. And there's this funny keynote presentation where Steve Jobs basically came out and said, like, yes, hell has frozen over. Apple software is on a Windows machine. 
And in hindsight, that allowed the iPod to completely explode from a standpoint of consumers getting it. And then we know how the iPod was one of those products that re- helped to also reinvigorate and rejuvenate Apple. You get the iPod, then you get the iPhone, then you get the iPad, and so on and so on. So it was a key, key part of Apple's history for iTunes to be able to come to Windows. Well, now, much in the same kind of thinking, bringing services to Windows from Apple, Apple Music, Apple TV. I think iCloud Photos integration is really interesting. Now, the Apple Music and Apple TV apps will be will bring a new dedicated experience because currently, you, if you wanted to access Apple TV Plus on a Windows machine, you got to use the website tv.apple.com. It's not a dedicated app. While Apple Music itself it is available on the web, but there's also still the really antiquated iTunes for Windows app. So both of these new apps, Apple Music and Apple TV, will be available on the Microsoft Store later this year. Also, kind of get a little a jumpstart on that Apple Music The app itself is now available on the Xbox. Now, this is cool, right? Available on the Microsoft Store for Xbox Series X, Xbox Series S, and Xbox One. And what that allows you to do is if you are a subscriber with access to a streaming music service, you know, you're going to get the album art. You're going to get full screen synced up lyrics. But this is really cool. You can play the music if you are an Apple Music user in the background while gaming on your Xbox, modern Xbox that is. Now, Apple Music also had previously launched on PlayStation 5 last year. It's also available on some smart TVs like from Samsung, LG. You got different platforms like Roku, Amazon, Sonos, and more. But this is another move where we're starting to see Apple trying to at least generate potentially more revenue by users who might subscribe to their services and use them on other devices or it does keep someone who is using these services kind of locked in because now they can use them on multiple devices and different devices. And obviously gaming is a big deal. And Windows, I mean, whether you own a Mac or not, you're probably your work computer at your office might be Windows or whatever computer you use for work might be Windows. So you're going to be able to use those services on there. I think it's a great move. It's a smart move. I don't know how much of an uptick it'll help Apple from a standpoint of generating more revenue but I think it's absolutely the smart and right thing to do. All right, we want to talk about iPhone now, and we know that the iPhone 14 Plus just launched just about a week ago, uh, technically at the time of this recording, which is Thursday night. It is after the one day before the official release of the iPhone 14 Plus, and we've heard some of these reports that may or may not be substantiated, but more kind of rumblings and murmurs that, the sales for the iPhone 14 and 14 Plus, the standard versions, have been unexpectedly lower, and Apple's dedicated more production towards the Pro side because those models, both the 14 Pro and the 14 Pro Max, have proved to be more lucrative, and users are kind of upgrading in that direction. Well, the iPhone 14 Plus, according to a report from Digitimes, and the iPhone 14 are, have been completely overshadowed by the 14 Pros, and sales of the 14 and the 14 Plus remain flat in the near term. Now, if you're worried about that, okay, don't be worried too hard, because even though that's, I think the iPhone 14 Plus makes a ton of sense for a lot of users who, let's say you have something like an iPhone 8, and you just want a larger screen, and you don't need all the extra sauce 
that the 14 Pros bring. The 14 Plus makes sense, especially if you're someone, maybe it's like a family member who needs to be able to have a larger screen to be able to read the icons and the text better. I mean, that comes with age. Trust me, I, I can start seeing that. Uh, maybe it's because I've been staring at screens so much being a content creator that my eyesight is kind of getting a little less than the 2020 that it used to be. And I wish that wasn't the case, but that is the case. But if we look down the future, maybe Apple shouldn't be freaking out so much. And I don't think they really are because they see the numbers. We have outlets that are reporting, oh, the 14 plus isn't as hot as you know they were hoping. Well, let's talk about this report from Piper Sandler. And it is their biannual teen survey that they do to get a pulse of the future of where Apple stands. And this survey was taken by roughly 14,500 teens with an average age of 15.8 years old. So we're talking about roughly in the middle, 16-year-old. They were surveyed across 47 states in the U.S. And the results are pretty mind-boggling because iPhone ownership among teens has now hit 87%. Teens, 87% of teens own an iPhone. And what's even kind of crazier is that if you look back at 2012, where I believe it was roughly around 40% of U.S. teens own an iPhone back then, in 2022, 10 years later, that ownership has more than doubled to 87%. And then 88% of those teens expect an iPhone to be their next phone. So Apple has doubled their user base from teens, which are, which are the future to get an iPhone. And we know how powerful that freaking ecosystem is. Like once you're in it, you are in it. You are absolutely in it. Now, if you want to talk about Apple Watch, it is less popular with just about 31% of teens owning Apple's Apple Watch, smartwatch, right? But Apple Watch is still by far the most popular smartwatch amongst teens. 36.8% of teens, period, say they own a smartwatch. Just 5.8% own a smartwatch that is not an Apple Watch. And if you think about this, 31% of teens own an Apple Watch. And that actually aligns a lot with what we've seen from adults as well. The adoption rate is somewhere around 25, 30% overall. Well, let's talk about how much room they have to grow. What if over time, Apple, that number ticks up to 50% in the next few years of teens? So there's plenty of room. When I say the Apple Watch has plenty of room to grow for regular consumers, you also see that number in teens. And uh, it indicates to me that the Apple ecosystem is quite, quite healthy. Now, I talked about services earlier, and let's talk about Apple TV Plus for a moment because, right, this service, out of any of Apple services, I think has, I don't want to say surprised and delighted, but has absolutely surprised me when they first put out their lineup. You know, the, my whole thing was like, it feels like they're trying to go for HBO, but kind of like a PG-13 level, and they absolutely have like really hit that mark really, really well in general. And now we have them winning awards left and right. We have amazing shows across the board from Apple, whether it's comedy or drama, uh, you know, Severance, Ted Lasso, Morning Show, pl- plenty of plenty of others. Uh, Mythic Quest, which is pretty popular, not not my favorite, but that's okay. I know people are like what? What are you talking about? I just felt like it was a, a lower quality version of The Office meets gaming. Although it is all right, it just I'm like, oh, this is like just. It's The Office, but it's gaming, but it's not as funny, but it is kind of funny, but it's all right. 
Well, either way, reports are now that Apple has reportedly been holding discussions with media agencies and network executives about the potential of selling ad time on its Apple TV Plus streaming service. Now, right now, Apple TV Plus costs, I believe, $4.99 per month. And with the quality shows that they have been dropping and the content they've been dropping, I think it is absolutely worth $4.99. And yes, someone might say, oh, another, another streaming service. I feel like I'm more rewarded by the content I watch on Apple TV Plus versus something like Netflix. And Netflix has become this just this pipe of constant like and and the recommendations are all over the place. The content is all over the place. It doesn't feel like there's any type of cohesive type of feeling or vibe or energy around the content. And yes, you can throw a lot of things on the wall and some of it will stick and some of it will not, but there's so much that I just don't use on Netflix and I'm pretty sure after I'm done with Cobra Kai Season 5, I'm going to most likely shut down my Netflix account. I just don't think, as they continue to drive prices up, if, oh man, I can't remember now off the top of my head. Is it at is that $14.99 now for the for the premiere plan, or is it $12.99? I, I know it's somewhere between around there, but I feel like that Apple TV moved up to uh, around $14.99. But look... Apple TV Plus is doing very well for themselves. They aren't the top leader um, in streaming by any means, but they've really carved a niche, and people have continued to talk about it more and more. We know how the behemoth that is Disney Plus that continues to grow. I mean, Netflix still has the largest user base. Um, You know, you have Hulu and you have Amazon Prime, all these competing services, but, you know, there's been plenty of reports out of people that are ready to get rid of Netflix, and, you know, Netflix... Spends a spent a lot of money on content, and I don't. I think they were like, I think they were just cocky. I think they thought that they could do no wrong, because when they opened up the floodgates, they stopped caring about the quality of their content. They they had some great shows, they had a variety of content, but now it's like, um, what what's actually going on here? Like, there, it's just it's not the same level of content that we expected. So now we see Netflix announcing a basic with ads plan and this will tie back to apple tv plus in a moment this is a new plan that netflix announced that will launch on november the 3rd it is 6.99 per month now we talked about apple looking to potentially have ads on their apple tv service or an or an ad supported plan this would be an ad supported plan by netflix again 6.99 it would be three dollars cheaper than the standard basic plan and let me tell you what you will get with netflix's $6.99 plan coming November 3rd. You will be able to stream at the quality of 720p. You didn't hear me wrong. You'll be able to stream at a quality of 720p. So we're we're going back to what, like 2000 and 2000 and late, late 2000s before the tens. So let's say 2010, 720p freaking video streaming. This basic plan with ads will also roughly run ads about four or five times during the course of an hour. Ads will vary from 15 to 30 seconds. There will also be no downloads available for these for the basic with ads plan. Again, you're watching ads, everybody. It's going to still cost $6.99. And then some shows, because of licensing rights, will not be available for, for the basic with ads plan. I think the most egregious thing here is the 720p streaming, which is just ridiculous to me if you are paying and you are also seeing ads. That is stupid. So what will Apple do? Will Apple still charge while putting ads in their content? 
it's already $4.99 right now. Would Apple do a $2.99 plan? Or I, I don't imagine them doing a free ad-supported service. I just don't see that because is there anyone that's really doing that? Not off the top of my head. I mean, we have Hulu with ads, Apple TV with ads. Maybe they drop it to $2.99. We'll see strategically how they go. But it also is a really big indication to me of how the mighty have fallen and how Netflix has completely lost who they are when they're charging $6.99 and serving us ads and they're delivering 720p. Like, goodness, that 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 is what I call trash. <laughs> so bad. All right, everybody. Thanks again to ZocDoc for supporting the Apple Bits XL. If you're a fan of it, sushi, it is incredible. But gas station sushi, uh, yeah, not so much. And finding the right sushi, it makes all the difference. And guess what? The same goes for finding the right doctor. With ZocDoc, you can find the right doctor for you in your network and in your neighborhood. One that makes you feel like you're in a good hands, you're supported, and you're heard even if you're telling them about your favorite sushi place. Now on ZocDoc, you can find every specialist under the sun, whether you're trying to straighten those teeth, fix an achy back, get that mole checked out, or anything else. ZocDoc, it's got you covered. Now ZocDoc's mobile app is as easy as ordering a ride to a restaurant or getting a delivery to your house. Search, find, and book doctors with a few taps. Find and review local doctors, read verified patient reviews from real people who made real appointments, and now when you walk into that doctor's office, you're all set to see someone in your network who gets you. Go to ZocDoc.com, find a doctor that is right for you, and book an appointment in person or remotely that works for your schedule. And every month, millions and millions of people use ZocDoc when they need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash AppleBits. ZocDoc.com slash AppleBits. All right, let's get back to the stories and talk about some new buzzworthy hardware, iPhone SE 4? That's right. It is rumored to feature now a 6.1-inch LCD display with the notch still sticking with the iPhone SE. Think of this as the model similar to the iPhone XR. And I, I actually really do love the iPhone XR and seeing the SE increase in size uh, for for this kind of next coming model as people are getting larger phones. Again, shows Apple shine, moving away from any type of smaller form factor, uh, moving away from something like uh, an iPhone mini. I mean, it seems like that's going away. And it's really interesting how when you hear reports about the iPhone 14 Plus not selling as well, you have a still, I don't know how big it really is, Apple sees the numbers, but there's a very large vocal group of people that are saying, hey, iPhone mini is still the best. The 4.7-inch screen, I can slide my finger from corner to corner and never miss a beat. That's what I still want. It'll be interesting to see if uh, if they ever go back. But these rumblings have been been around for a while. I mean, display analyst Ra Sheng is the one who recently reported that it will feature a 6.1-inch now. In, in the past, somewhere around like October of last year, he had rumored that, hey, a new iPhone SE model was in the works with somewhere between a 5.7 to 6.1-inch LCD display. Um, potentially a whole a whole shape cut out but reports now are saying there will be a notch there will be no type of touch id but instead reports are saying that there will be a touch id like button on the side similar to what we've seen in the ipad mini and the ipad air 
and that obviously would give you a larger screen pop it in the side there we will not see any type of fingerprint scanning directly on the screen which my goodness every top tier android phone or every top tier phone not named apple iphone has but we're looking at an iphone 10 r like design no home button touch id on the physical power button on the side and a notch that would be a notch but would not be a true depth face id notch we do not expect face id to come so you know this phone even when i look at a phone like this still a phone that someone like my mom who wants a bigger screen eventually it would be perfect for her it just would also we know that there's plenty of rumblings of october being another key month for apple and we will wait to see what happens rumblings of potential new ipad pros potential new macbook pros with speed bumps we will dig into it more as we get closer i've done a bunch of you know we've done a lot of deep dives and talks about what we expect to see in them so we'll see what happens there but apple's also been rumored to launch a new 27 inch mini led display and this is being put out on the first quarter of 2023 now there were talks that we might see it this year at the end of 2022 but i think the reality is that we know that the mac side when we're talking about the powerhouse desktops even mac minis those are not their top sellers i mean they might make up 10 percent, maybe a little less than that for their entire mac sales so apple can kind of slow play this knowing that the audience that is buying a mac and is buying an apple display they will buy it but it's not going to all of a sudden generate new users swarming towards this because now these days it's really more for creative professionals um or people who are you know coding or people who are using really large spreadsheets that need that big screen but most general users are going to be just fine even with like a 13 inch laptop these days you don't have to you don't have to be that big so all reports is that this remember the current apple studio display which is the 27 inch that does not have mini led mini led will give us those deeper blacks less blooming hdr brighter screens it's overall it's a better looking screen than the current lcd with local dimming that does have a lot more blooming i mean even the current pro display xdr is not a mini led display i'm hoping i'm really looking forward to as a pro getting a large what is it 32 inch display that big with mini led that would be sweet also apple's selling refurbished models of the studio display um that is this is the first time it's done that since its launch in March of this year. And there's multiple variants of the display. Remember, you have the nano texture coating. But the base studio display, refurbished, is now available for $1,359. That is down from the original price of $1,599. And refurbished, you still get the same exact warranty as you did if it was brand new of the box. And I would say for people that are looking for some of these products, refurbished, I've purchased Apple refurbished products before and I have not had a problem with them and I think it's a good option, especially if you've waited a little while and you're looking to save a little money. I, I stand wholeheartedly behind them and I still get Apple Care on, on kind of my big ticket stuff just because I want to protect it in case anything stupid happens. Also sticking with Apple future devices, AirPods and Mac accessories likely to switch to USB-C by 2024 according to a report from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman. And this makes absolute sense because earlier, recently, I think it was earlier this week, the European Parliament officially approved the new directive to force manufacturers to offer USB-C as a common charging port across 
a wide range of devices in Europe by the end of 2024. So purely because of that, Apple's not going to ignore that. Apple still wants to sell products in Europe and in other countries. And so that seems to be kind of the push, the kick in the butt that we believe Apple's products will even, you know, in 2023, something like an iPhone 15 will finally incorporate a USB-C port. We know that iPads, they still, they have USB-C, but the entry-level port uh, iPads have a lightning connector, and we're even expecting a potential new entry-level iPad this year to switch over to USB-C if we see it, or of course, it'll happen by next year. But 2024 would be the target for something like AirPods and other accessories like Magic Keyboard or Magic Trackpad. That would be when we'd finally finally see Apple bring USB-C across the board of its devices. I mean, it, it literally took an entire region and continent to approve it before Apple listened. That's just all it took, everybody. No biggie. All right, some interesting Apple Card news. We know that Apple's also getting involved in financial services. We'll see what happens about that whole kind of leasing plan that has not been re- revealed or officially announced but has been rumored. Well, now Apple Card is going to start offering a savings account for daily cash. So this was just recently announced that Apple users will be able to open a new high-yield savings account from Goldman Sachs, and that allows your daily cash to automatically be deposited into it. No fees, no minimum deposits, no minimum balance requirements, and then that daily cash that you earn will be able to earn on by popping it into the savings account and currently if you look at the service provider Goldman Sachs its highest existing online savings account um, currently has a 2.15 per- 2.15% APR so my hunch is that you'd be expecting to get the same and we already know that Apple card offers 2% daily cash on any purchases made with Apple Pay you get a 3% daily cash with purchases made at select retailers, including Apple, you got places like Nike, Uber, Panera Bread, uh, Ace Hardware, and so they're kind of trying to add this on. I think it's an interesting and it's a cool option for some people if it makes sense to them. I mean, some people are more into points and whatnot, but now Apple doing a savings account in addition to kind of take advantage of that daily cash is kind of interesting and something that I would not have expected them to do like three or four or five years ago. Also, And when we talk about competition and the competitive space, we know we are still waiting to finally see Apple's AR VR headset, but Meta, aka Facebook, because no one still calls it Meta, unless maybe you're talking about their virtual reality, augmented reality products. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced this week the launch of the Meta Quest Pro. So this would be their new mixed reality headset that from what we can see is really more aimed towards being a mixed reality headset for uh, enterprise use not necessarily consumers because that new price tag on it for the new MetaQuest Pro $1500 $1500 so this new mixed reality headset um, it's going to be a thinner design. It's using kind of like this pancake lens design, which allows it to not be as boxy on the front. Slicker, right? You're not wearing like that big old bulge in the front. It's slicker. The batteries have been incorporated um, into the back of the head strap. It'll be off- offering a slightly higher resolution 
based on its new design. And what's interesting about this is this higher resolution isn't based on necessarily you know, advanced displays. For example, the Quest 2, the product that is currently out, that is $400. It has a resolution per eye of 1,832 by 1920. The new MetaQuest Pro that will cost $1,500 has a resolution of 1,800 by 920. So basically, the actual resolution of the displays, you might as well just say it's the same. The refresh rate on the Quest Pro, the new Quest Pro, 72 hertz and 90 hertz. You want to go over to the Quest 2, the $400 product, 60 hertz, 72 hertz, 80 hertz, 90 hertz, and 120 hertz. Now, I will be real with you. There aren't that many 120 hertz experiences on the Quest 2. And from what we've been able to see, like 90 hertz seems to be like the sweet spot here. But again, Quest Pro, Quest 2. The the biggest thing is really the cameras uh, in here on the new Quest Pro are really optimized to be able to track your surroundings. There's um, We've seen some videos about how well the see-through looks, like how detailed it looks to create really more of a augmented reality experience. And by default, these glasses are more uh, pass-through and you'll have to put on blinders if you kind of want more of that VR experience on the Quest Pro. $1,500, here's another big thing, um, battery life. The Quest 2 two to three hours the battery life on the quest pro again fifteen hundred dollars one to two hours that's even if you're gearing this as a not for a consumer but for an enterprise one to two hours people that are actually doing work like at a desk they don't want to charge that up every one or two hours i think that's that's going to be a big big bugaboo but at the same time you know meta They put out their product, and I think when you look at what Meta has to offer, if you've been paying attention to what the PSVR 2 is going to do, which is more geared specifically for gaming and will have superior gaming experiences, quite honestly, it is still tethered by physical cable because the PS5 is driving that. I don't imagine that the new PSVR 2 will be anywhere close to $1,500. You also have to consider the fact that you need a PS5 if you can find one to use it. But $1,500 for a product that has less battery life, um, yes, it has a slightly slimmer, sleeker design, but has less battery life and the same resolution as the Quest 2, $1,500. Are businesses even going to be buying that, buying into it? I think it's going to really come down to what type of experiences they have. Facebook keeps on trying to shove the metaverse down their throat. There's other companies that are continuing to shove the metaverse down their throat. Do we, do you still even care about the metaverse? Because I find it hard for a lot of people to really care about the metaverse. And you can tell that Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, you know, they're worried about what Apple's doing. If I was Apple right now and I saw that this is what uh, Meta delivered as their $1,500 AR VR enterprise headset, I, I would be putting my hands behind my, behind my head. I would kick my feet up on my desk And I would say, okay, even if we do offer a $2,000 device, it's going to have a higher resolution. It's going to excel where Facebook's not. And we have the power of the ecosystem. We have the power of our media partnerships. And we are Apple. And they are not going to sell bonkers if Apple's headset is $2,000. But I can tell you right now, the tech that they will have and the presentation that they will have will be a lot more compelling than 
Meta's $1,500 ARVR headset. I I mean, their Apple should be smiling like, even if no one knows what they're doing, they're not even worried. They're like, we're going to do one or two things really well, and people are going to be like, they may not buy it, but they, at least in the consumer's mind share, they're going to say, oh, the Apple headset is already better than the $1,500 Meta headset. That's all Apple wants people to think and know, and it'll be up to them to show it. But what I when I see MetaQuest, the MetaQuest Pro's offering, I absolutely believe that the scales have tilted towards Apple before we've even seen it. Before we've even seen it come out. That's just crazy. All right, everybody, that is going to do it for this week's show. Again, doing it remote from a hotel. I hope that the audio quality is been up to snuff for you all at least you know you 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 hold on for this episode and i will be back in my studio it'll sound nice and pristine and super clean but thank you so much to our platinum apples at the 100 level brandon ledford gil cabrera wesley freighter Jarrett lewis michael gigliotti and atari koenigsegg thank you so much for all your support and thank you to all of you across the board around the world who continue to support my content and allow me to keep on doing this um You are all amazing, and I am thankful and grateful and humble every day. So that's going to do it for this week's show. I'm just going to give you a little nudge, and I do feel a very strong gut instinct that there will be more coming in October, and we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Also, yes, people wondering, where the hell is your Apple Watch Ultra review? Uh, It's pretty much done being written and i did a really in-depth like i lived with it and there's some interesting observations that i have that i would not have had if i just put it out a week after it came out that i do have now that it's been uh, roughly two weeks in my possession and i think those are gonna be interesting insights that just feel like this product has been more lived in than and it's getting past the hype and the glow of week one which which is honestly very real in a lot of reviews so that will be dropping I'm going to not make promises, but I'm pretty sure that will be dropping sometime next week. So look out for that. But until next time, everybody, thanks so much for listening. It's the Apple Bits XL, baby. We'll talk to you soon. Take care and be safe. Peace. Peace.